You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Going back to work after having a baby can raise lots of conflicting feelings. You can be excited to get back to your professional life, sad to leave your baby, guilty you're not looking after them, and anxious you're making the wrong decision. When people talk about the work-life juggle, it's not just physical. It's emotional too. Gemma Cribb is a psychologist with Equilibrium Psychology. She says it is possible to manage all of those conflicting emotions. Hi, Gemma. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. Is it fair to say that going back to work after having a baby can be emotionally challenging? Oh, I think it's undoubtedly emotionally challenging for most people. You know, the bond that you make with your baby is so strong um, and often mums are there kind of 24-7 for their babies in those early months. So to go from that to leaving your baby and going back to work, as as much as you might have positive feelings for work in some cases, there's always a a pull in in different directions. And some mums go back to work because they have to. Some go back because they want to. Regardless of the reasons, how can we come to peace with the fact that we are both a parent and an employee? I think um, having reasonable expectations on yourself. We live in a very perfectionistic society and a lot of us, particularly women, try and be um, everything to everyone. So um, acknowledging that both roles are important to you as a person and and placing yourself on the agenda in, in that way. It's not just about your baby. It's not just about your boss or your workplace. It's also about you and meeting your needs. Um, And if your needs are to be stimulated at work or or to get financial security or or whatever it is, and that's what's motivating you to go back to work, then that's great. And you also have needs to have your family life. And so honouring that and balancing that for yourself and then having reasonable expectations as to how well you can do in those fields, how much time and energy you can devote to those things, what standards you're going to set yourself um, make a difference. This is a very broad generalisation here, but I haven't heard of many dads who struggle with that idea of going back to work after, let's say, they have a couple of weeks paternity leave. Is going back to work um, guilt a predominantly female feeling in your experience? And if so, is it tied to this idea of mother guilt? Hmm. I think it is still a predominantly female um, experience in, in my experience. I think that's largely because in our culture still there is an inequity about um, gender roles and, and who should be working and who should be staying at home with the bump bub that can be based on purely biological reasons. You know, mums have to breastfeed and it's much more difficult to express milk and give it to dad to to give the, the bub that experience. Uh, and also our culture supports um, 
that in in the fact that, as you said, most men only get a few weeks paternity leave, whereas mums often get a lot more. So in that context, I think mums still feel a lot of the pressure to be the primary caregiver and the primary nurturer as a result. They will experience their children attaching to them and, and having separation anxiety from them more so than dads do. And therefore, you know, it's very hard not to feel a little guilt when you drop your child off at playgroup or child care and, and, you know, the big crocodile tears come and the, the don't leave me mm-hmm. arms come out. <laughs> it's horrific. <laughs> um, what do you think is at the root of mother guilt, though? Because uh, before I had kids, someone mentioned how pervasive mother guilt was for them and I didn't really understand it until I had a baby. I I don't actually think mother guilt is specific to working mums. I think most mums feel guilty. (laughs) Um, Where do you think it comes from and is is it something that we can get rid of? Yeah, look, I think it comes from the fact that, you know, it's one of the most emotional parts of our life trying to care for a, a dependent child. This this child needs everything from us and we're never going to do it right. We're never going to get it perfect. And then on top of that, odds are we have a husband or a partner um, to care for as well and to try and meet their emotional needs as well as that we might have extended family and a household to run. And so life is really busy. We're so far away from those cultures, you know, back in the Middle Ages where the community cared for the children and everyone sort of chipped in and helped that we live such busy lives, guilt's inevitable because we'll be never getting everything done. We're never going to live up to our standards. Do you have any tips on how parents can continue to manage the range of emotions they may feel working and having a family. So, you know, going back to work is particularly wrenching when you've had time off Mm -hmm. with your baby, Um, but actually maintaining that work, family and emotional um, juggle can be challenging. Do you have any practical tips parents can um, use to stay on top of it? Um, I think compartmentalizing time for each role is important and having really strong boundaries around that. You know, one of the the most common problems I see is is people who have jobs where it's very difficult to say no and, and to leave on time and that sort of thing. And so if you can get into a habit of, of just you know, doing the hours that you need to do and, and then coming home, that can be a huge help. And then getting good systems and processes in, be it with supports, you know, so that you can offload some of the tasks that are less essential for you to do, whether that be getting a cleaner or or having a family member come and, and babysit for you while you have some time with your husband or, you know. It's about looking at, okay, what are my priorities and how do I open up time on a regular basis to give time to those priorities without the I'll just stepping in. I'll, I'll, I'll just do this and I'll just do that and I'll just do the other and getting really good at saying no because, you know, you're never going to be able to do everything for everybody. Gemma, thank you so much for your time today. That's a pleasure.
That's Gemma Cribb. She's a psychologist with Equilibrium Psychology. And Equilibrium Psychology are holding an event for working mothers in Sydney in September. We'll include links to the event in the notes of this episode. Miscarriage. We're talking more about it these days, but new research has found there's still not enough support for women after miscarriage. No matter how common miscarriage is to the woman who's going through it right there at that point, it's her baby. And there's no way of saying, oh, it happens to one in four pregnant, or at least there should never be any of those phrases used at all. That's Samantha Payne, Managing Director of the Pink Elephant Support Network. How some medical professionals are falling short when it comes to women going through miscarriage and how things can be changed for the better. That's next on Feed, Play, Love. Our producer is Debbie Ning. I'm your host, Siobhan Hunt. Hold up. 